Welcome to Chatopedia, a podcast run by my mom, Kalyani, and me, Saris. This started out as a way for my mom and I to chat and bond while on two different continents. It's now turned into a special project of ours where we discuss anything and everything. We hope you enjoy your time with us and the special guests we invite onto the show. This is Season 4. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Chatopedia. So we've been on hiatus for the last two weeks because a lot has happened. Primarily that I've flown back down home to Singapore to visit family and my mom and I are sitting in the room together for the first time recording an episode in person. Face to face. Face to face. (laughs) Which, you know... um, I think it takes some getting used to because we're not staring at each other through a screen. It feels a bit awkward here. (laughs) It does. It's funny because you would think it'd be more normal. Yeah. But actually, it's awkward because we've been doing this completely online. So, um, yeah. So, we're we're, um, very keen on today's episode because my mom and I are very big on career. We're very big on how you progress through it. You've heard some of our past episodes as well about what you should do at work, what you Mm. shouldn't do at work. One of the big things, obviously, is when you're transitioning work, Uh, transitioning between jobs is your resume your resume is the most important piece of document in your career I think many people do not put in enough effort to do up their resume and then they will blame that oh I I did everything and I submitted but not an interview was uh, you know arranged for them or they were not considered for the job Mm. but they do not know the root cause is actually the resume that's right and most people only update their resume desperately when they're about to change jobs in fact what you Mm. should be doing is updating your resume nearly every year Mm. because things you do and accomplish you will forget at the time you change jobs and you forget to include all these little bits mm. of wonderful things that you've done. So, 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 so Saros, are you saying that, that kind of some kind of portfolio has to be created whereby we constantly go in and yeah. key in the achievement we have done so that it's easy to retrieve next time yeah. to update the resume? Abs- absolutely. Mm. I think okay. that's what I do every year. It's like I have my resume mm. and every year I just, even if it's just nonsense, I just chuck in. I know that the time comes if I want to change a job, I can just easily edit yeah, it. I think we have it. to be very consistent and conscious about it. I think in school, uh, when someone wants to apply for a certain job scope, like we ask the, the particular teacher to build their portfolio. So we usually tell them, just key in and keep a record of all the the praises, the compliments comes in from the parents, their own causes they've attended, sharing they've done. So they compile everything and they put it. So it's something like that, right? Mm. Mm. That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay, so we've got five key things you should be doing to ensure your resume is top-notch, high-quality and is going to attract the attention of a recruiter because, let's just be real, like the market out there is so competitive in any industry at the moment. You have to fight for a job, no matter how experienced you are, and you have to set yourself apart. Um, and so compared to like what about in the past Amal, when you used to have to submit resumes like what was <laughs> so that is so funny okay let's talk about past about 35 36 years ago when uh, you you know when we want to apply for a job the resume yeah we do submit but we don't put in much effort mm-hmm. but we based on more on uh, performing well during the interview uh, period and then uh, so basically we just write our full name the IC the date of birth and then where do you live your education and any experience you have and that's about it something basic and then we just submit then do they call you for an interview or what happens okay they do call for us call for an interview but 
that's why I say that we usually perform very well during the interview. Uh, and that's, I think the interview usually is very long and lengthy. Mm. They get to know, ask you what other things do you know, what other skills do you mm. have, which we didn't put in the resume. So I think those days, you know, um, the job market is such a way that not many people were entering uh, work uh, or applying for teaching. So what happened is that um, we know that we are we are needed in the mm. teaching uh, facility. So what we do is the facility. So what we do is that we just apply and we get it. Mm. But there are people who actually apply for jobs and they didn't get any kind of interview invitation, and that could be resume. But we we didn't we were not aware of it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it's it's a bit different now because the resume is everything at the moment. And I'm very excited about this topic because definitely it's going to help people out there uh, you know any age group uh, if they're applying for a job or you know change of job scope I think it's very important so listeners uh, please listen attentively (laughs) we've got very good pointers for you (laughs) okay so number one of the list is instead of just listing your duties and responsibilities list your accomplishments and make them quantifiable so let's look at the duties and accomplishments part Mm. first Let's talk about quantifiable data. Mm. So when we say don't just list your duties, in your job, you probably have a position description and you know what your duties and responsibilities are. So for example, as a lawyer, some of my duties and responsibilities are uh, managing my client's expectations, uh, working uh, on client matters, representing in court, uh, drafting contracts. Okay, so that's what you would see in most people's resumes. You would literally see drafting contracts, reviewing contracts, uh, calls with clients, managing client expectations, things like that, right? And then what about yours, Amma? Ex- give me an example of duties and responsibilities that you Very simple, right? like um, look into the children's well-being, uh, teach English, teach maths, which level you're teaching, and then uh, conducting co-curricular activities, um, at, uh, doing some sharing, that's about it. Yeah, okay, so... I think most of you out there or some of you who are listening will be like, yeah, yeah, well, my resume would look like that. I thought like you just list your duties and responsibilities and that's fine, right? That's fine because you are listing what you do do. But if you want to set yourself apart, you need to reframe them and list your accomplishments instead. So let's let's talk about accomplishments. We won't do the quantifiable part yet. So if I was to translate some of what I said were my duties, so I said managing client expectations, I would say successfully manage client expectations in complex litigation matters. Uh, If I was to say research matters, I'd say research into complex, um, research into complex legal queries, and which ended up being in a research paper, Uh, drafted submissions for the federal court. Mm. You want to talk about how these things are major accomplishments rather Mm. than listing what you do on a daily basis. So that for me, I would say that oh, prepare the uh, the graduating class uh, well enough to uh, get get them ready for the living examination mm. or I can just say that oh uh, pre- uh, trained and um, you know prepare these students for the floorball tournament that's it yeah and see that already takes you from a really good place from just listing your duties yeah. to listing accomplishments but right. now for some of you who are like oh that still sounds a bit lackluster it is because you now need to make it quantifiable mm. so if I was to talk about my legal work I would be saying uh, 
conducted research for complex query for the federal court that was then published and read by 10,000 people, for mm. example. Uh, I might say uh, successfully li litigated five uh, matters at the tribunal, which, uh, which won about $20,000 for each client. Mm. You want to put a number to it right. or put a success rate to it or put a percentage to it because right. then it becomes even more meaningful. Right. So in case of uh, as a teacher, I would say that 85% um, of my students got the A grade for mathematics uh, uh, as compared to when they started off with zero uh, A grades. And then I also say that um, the floorball uh, girls uh, from becoming the third in place for national level, uh, they top for the consecutive three years. Mm. Yeah. You see how we're not using a lot of words? Yeah. It's very simple. It's just maybe... Adding adjectives. That's exactly and right. figures. Adjectives and figures. So it's extremely important because then it turns your CV from just a position description to actually listing what you have successfully done, which is what recruiters are looking for. Um, and it really sets you apart from everyone else who are just listing what their duties and responsibilities mm. are. I think that will really give you an edge, definitely, yeah. you know, uh, for them to consider you for the interview. Yeah. Oh, look, I do job interviews and currently we're recruiting for legal assistance as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing I look for. I look at what are their accomplishments, what mm. have they done, rather than them just listing. Listing, exactly. Because then it tells me a little bit different story. It paints a different picture. When you list your duties and responsibilities, it just tells me what your job was. But mm. when you tell me what your accomplishments are, it tells me who you are in your career. And what can job. you contribute to the Correct. organization. Yeah. Your capabilities. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so moving on to number two. Okay, number two would be using keywords that recruiters would be looking for. So, um, instead of just saying that I am a teacher, I've got 35 years of experience in teaching, I would use the keywords like I'm very familiar with uh, visible thinking strategies, I know how to conduct lessons using differentiated instruction, I'm very familiar with the latest English syllabus uh, which is focusing on the different components of probably uh, comprehension, reading comprehension whereby five types of strategies are used and which will ease the students uh, into answering uh, questions with uh, 98% of accuracy so I can use that the keywords for the recruiters to, you know to consider that I'm a very experienced teacher plus I know what I'm doing and I know the latest um, strategies uh, to engage the students mm. it's basically the keywords of your industry isn't it definitely yeah, yeah. And I think most of the time we worry that all oh, the recruiters wouldn't understand if you have recruiters or the people who are hiring, which might be the internal HR department, they know what they're looking for. This is the industry that they work in. They understand the terminology that you use. So you have to use them with confidence. And also, like my mom said, demonstrates yeah. your knowledge in that space. I think, I think when you're talking about, when you use these keywords uh, in the resume, you have to be prepared. If you're given an opportunity for an interview, then you must know that that thing mm. you've mentioned. It's not the paperwork, you know, just I say it because these are the keywords the recruiters are looking for. But if you're not prepared for the interview, then that's it. You know, I would like to, uh, at this point, talk about uh, your youngest brother, my youngest uh, son, mm -hmm. uh, Pratibhan, whereby he actually uh, prepared 
in detail for interview and I was amazed you know Sarah's I mean this is not a job mm. but getting into medicine school mm. whereby he had details of what kind of question would they ask and how am I going to answer mm. and all those keywords where uh, medical students will answer mm. so he did a deep research and he impressed the interview mm. interviewer and he got into medical uh, school so I think pre- pre- writing it down and preparing for it is mm. another level yeah that is I think very crucial and, and it, see that's a fair point like you know once you've done your resume the initial list then go start researching okay right. what are some of the latest um, research papers out on, on my industry Yeah. what are some of the latest strategies in my industry and then start using those those words in Correct. there like for example in the legal sphere you know we have a lot of cases that come out do you reference a particular area of law do you reference a particular legal strategy that's being used do you reference like for example in the legal world at the moment what's been which is pretty much every industry is being taken over, is AI. Do you talk about something about how you know how to integrate technology mm. with streamlining legal processes? So you need to be also putting your finger on the pulse on, on current topics and right. how do you integrate that. Obviously, do not lie about what you can do. But if you can integrate it into what you can already do, that would be phenomenal right. to use those keywords. I think doing the research to keep yourself current when you are talking to them is important. Mm. Uh, I mean, we are... When you're given the interview, you're going to impress. You need to impress the interviewer, right? So you, for you to impress them, you need to know more than what they know mm. or more than what is happening uh, in your industry so that to show them that you're always uh, upgrading yourself, you're always keeping yourself well-informed what's happening in the world and the advanced technology as well. Absolutely. So yeah. Okay, so number three, this one is near and dear to my heart because I cannot take it. Take it it away, girl. I cannot take it. Okay, always tailor your resume to the job. If you are handing out this exact same resume to every single job application, you are already doing it wrong. No two job recruiters or no two companies are looking for the exact same thing. You need to tailor your resume. If you do not have a folder with nearly 10 different versions of your resume, something's wrong. Wow, Sarah, I've never heard about this, man. <laughs> elaborate, elaborate. My folder has I'm literally learning. about 20 versions. So what? Let's see. Okay, let, let's just talk about jobs first, okay? If you're applying to a government agency and then applying to a private company for the same role. So for example, a lawyer for government agency and a lawyer for private company. They're looking for two different things, by the way. Government agencies typically look for loyalty. They typically look for people who uh, are very, uh, you know, wanting to be part of a major team who are willing to work and move up the ranks. I'm, I'm speaking very generally here, of course. Right. Different government departments might have different wants and needs. They're looking for people who want to stay for a very long time and move uh, between departments. Mm. When you look at private companies, they're, they're pretty much looking for people who are um, here to to push through they don't expect you to stay long most mm-hmm, of the time mm-hmm. but they're here looking for people who are cutting edge who want to uh, who are willing to um, adapt adapt mm-hmm. who are willing to you know they're like okay you're going to make the money if you bring in the money mm-hmm. sort of vibe mm-hmm. so you can see when there's two different um, style of work culture what they want from you is different as well. Definitely. So you need to tailor your resume. I'm not saying have split personality or be <laughs> jackal and hide, but you yourself know for a fact that you can do both jobs. You just know how to switch on one part, switch on the other part. Mm. Then you need to tailor your resume. If your resume says the exact same thing for the government agency and the exact same thing for the private company, who is going to pick you? Definitely. One or the other. So this maybe you want to give an example. 
Okay, so for example, right, if let's say I was to say, um, okay, it's not even about how you reframe certain things, it's mm-hmm. about what you include. Right. For government, okay, let's say, okay, let's not talk about government and private. There are certain companies who in their position descriptions, mm-hmm. when they put it up for advertisements, might say that they value volunteering. Mm-hmm. So for that application, I might start including all of the volunteering experience right. I have. But for the other job application, I might strike out most of it and only have two of my right, experiences. Right. Because I'm like, well, I'm not going to waste my time because they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. But true, this other true. agency is it's interested. True. Then there might be one company that talks about, oh, we like someone who's tech savvy. Great. Mm. I'm going to tell you everything that I've done for my current business to help them streamline the processes. Mm. Another company might not care. I'm not going to include all of that. Right. You have to you have to read the position description and you have to decide, oh, okay, I have experience dealing with that. I'm going to definitely frame that out a little bit more. Mm. Some companies in Singapore value education a lot. Right. Even though you've been in the damn industry for 10 years, they might be like, we want you to be a high school or whatever. Right. Then you're going to say which university you came from, which secondary school you came from because they care about things like that. That's right. But it was with an Australian company, they don't care anymore once you've been in the industry for 10, 15 years. So you wouldn't mm. be including... And, so, and some companies may want to see a leadership uh, role that you can include whatever leadership roles you've taken all of it yes yes you know um, some may care about <laughs> I like the video all of it <laughs> <laughs> because you have to trust me in this mind if I show you what's in my folder right now you're like why do you have oh these many versions God, right. because every job is different every recruiter is different the person reading your resume is different you are writing for the recruiter you're not writing for the job and you need to understand what the recruiter is looking for and you can understand that when you read the position description Wow. End of my speech. <laughs> wow. Sarah's really, I can see that you're very passionate about it. But I think I, I definitely would like to agree with this portion about uh, tailoring tailor tailor your resume according to the job you're applying for. Mm. Actually, quite interesting. I never knew about this. Yeah. If not, I would have been doing something else. <laughs> have Maybe. To, have to. Not a teacher, something else. Okay. Have to. Right. No okay. No. And and look, the reason why I say this is because uh, I jump jobs. Like I know. <laughs> but then Sarah, you see, okay, where did you learn this? Of tailoring your resume? Because Tell I shift share. jobs. Uh. I shift jobs and I'm also involved in recruiting. I've done a lot of job interviews mm-hmm. at, by this point for different um, uh, positions. I've also done a lot of interviews for not-for-profits that I was the CEO, CEO mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And I know that when, when what we're looking for, it, and I can tell. The moment I open our resume, I can tell. If it's not been tailored to us. Mm. Someone's just chucked it. It also shows me lack of care. Exactly. That's what I was thinking also. Like yeah. When you say the word, they just chuck it and give it to you. means they couldn't be bothered whether I can get the job or not. Mm. I'm just trying my luck. Yeah. If, if I get the job, good. If I don't get the job, so what? I'll go to another job. That's right. Yeah. So that's the impression that. people might get now. That's right. That's not the intention, but that's what they will that's get. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's not your intention, but yeah. Right. So look, I, I'm not a job hopper, but it's one of those things mm-hmm. that my mom knows, like I joined a particular job because I'm very passionate about what they need fixed at that time. Right. And then I do what I can and then I move on. So it's move because... Move to another organization to contribute for Correct. Them. So, you know, that's where I have experience. Of that's, what, that's how the teachers also do, Cyrus. When they go to a posting, right, in the school, they'll be there for five years. Mm. And then once they have done their part, like especially leadership role, and they find that, hey, I'm stagnating here mm. because I'm not contributing much to the And I'm not gaining much, Exactly. Right? So I will move to another place mm. to contribute. Yeah. 
So yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the fourth one. Okay, talking about including unpaid work experience and volunteer, mm. because sometimes uh, we think that oh, I I volunteered this organization or I worked I I worked here but I was not paid. I I didn't look for the paid job. Uh, sometimes we think that it's not important. The recruiters are not looking at that portion, but I think it's very important to include Definitely. your unpaid work uh, or or any volunteer job you have done it. Uh, so that's why at this point now uh, I was thinking, should this be included if uh, according to the job you're applying for? Yeah, yeah. So mm. see, you you don't include every single volunteer experience of mm. every single mm. unpaid experience. So let me just be clear, right? And this is not the rule of thumb. But in what I've seen so far, keep your resume to three pages at mm, most. Mm. Anything longer than that is too long. Okay, unless it's a government agency that requires the grad program and it's a lengthy submission, go for it. Mm. But typically, if you can keep your resume to under three pages, that is solid because it's a good glimpse, it's a good snapshot, enough information to get them um, interested. Mm. So understanding that you only have three pages to work with, you can't chuck everything. You have to be smart about what you include, right. and that also includes your voluntary experience and unpaid work experience. So, mm. depending on, like my mom said, depending on what the position description is, you might have had five volunteer experiences, yeah. but you might only include two because okay. they're the most relevant. So, so maybe I can share. Okay, let's say in the community club, I uh, run uh, the subcommittees under my care. There is these tenancy interviews I've done, and then maintenance of the buildings, blah 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 blah. So, let's say after my retirement, I want to. Uh, apply for a job whereby they're talking about operations uh, management operation management or even um, editor for some magazines mm. I and I've done that in our community club uh, magazines then that's what I'm going to choose I'm going to say how much have I published yeah uh, how many years have I published and what are the content what are the readership and so forth to get that job but you're not going to talk about how you interview for this no yeah it's, re- it's irrelevant not, yeah irrelevant yeah yeah, that's so exa- give you an example. That's exactly it? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with my work, like when I apply for like this, when I apply for the current role I had, right. I wouldn't be including all of the volunteer experience I had at the tenancy union mm-hmm. picking up phones because mm-hmm. they don't care about that. But I would put in the experience I had leadership running, um, or being part of the Women of Color of Australia CEO mm-hmm. because that demonstrates leadership ability. I'll be putting in things like how I volunteer for the student legal services, but I was actually running the department because they need to know I can run a team. Right. In the legal sense, so you have to be smart about what you include. So I think a lot of effort to have to be put into write a, a resume rather than taking it easy yeah. and writing the flimsy ones. That's right, and that's why I said update it every year. Even mm. if you don't intend to change jobs for the next ten years, you just never know. And then here's one of the things yeah. I also think I have friends and family members who are nervous about changing jobs because it means you have to go and update your resume. Ah. That's one huge thing you have to go be like, oh God, like do I want to change because I now I'm going to go update my resume and then I've got to go for interviews. If you can get one of the burden out of the way, which is updating your resume as you right. go along, that'd be great. And it also tells you when my mom said include unpaid work experience and volunteer, if you don't volunteer, stop. In yes. some minute way. It might help. Because it helps. It's yeah. like a having a second job right. and developing whole new skills. I think we had an episode on this. Of course. Why you should volunteer. Yeah. Because it helps you develop all these new skill sets that your actual job may not let That's you try. Right. That's so true. Um, I mean, Sarah's, you, I mean, you're like a Like editor. Yes. I've, I've never knew that I'll, I'll publish newsletters yeah. every three months over the 10 years. Yeah. More than 10 years. 
I never knew, but it, it, it actually helped me a lot. Yeah. And uh, for future. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It helped me. All right. The last thing is a, co- a cover of a few things, some minor things. Okay. So we're just going to cruise past the first one, which is typos. Like mm. just proofread your resume. Right. And I've been guilty of it. I like after submitted a resume, I looked up and I had spelled the word too wrongly. So mm. it's T-O-O, it was T-O. Um, you got to just make sure you get right. that right. So once you finish your resume, send it off to two friends mm. and get them to review it because they will look at it with fresh eyes. Right. You have to get someone else to review your resumes. I've had... Like my husband reviews my resume, mm. I review his resume. You just have to get someone else to do it right. for you. The second one is LinkedIn profiles. For any one of you who is in a profession, your LinkedIn profile is your best friend. I never, I don't have. We need to set one okay. up for you. I mean, it's not like you're gonna like in the teaching sector. You don't have no, to. No, something else. No, yeah, but you volunteering and everything. Yes, yes. So LinkedIn profiles are extremely important because they are basically a showcase of who you are, your jobs. A lot of the job applications now you can actually just easily apply through LinkedIn because they review your profile mm-hmm. um, it also sets you apart because recruiters actually now just looked at LinkedIn profile and they reach out to you yeah but Pratima was telling me also uh, set up LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. you'll never know there'll be people out there who yeah. are looking for certain you know they could uh, be looking for board members yeah. and you have the experience right um, so definitely LinkedIn profile link it in your resume now and finally location it's something my husband recommended to me mm-hmm. If you live, okay, I guess it doesn't really apply in Singapore, lah, but in mm. like Australia, it's massive. Mm. Instead of putting your actual location where you live, put a more busy city. So like if I live in Geelong, don't just say Geelong, put Melbourne or something like that. Because sometimes recruiters knock you out because of your location mm. when you are more than willing to travel. travel. Okay. Yeah. Is there any minor things you'd recommend as a final thing? I think important is that... Um, so that's okay, resume, I've forgotten how to write a resume actually. Mm. But I think uh, you need to know the formatting lah, for sure. Mm. I mean, we are talking about not the font size or the mm. spacing, but <clears throat> basic uh, formatting is important. Mm. But uh, do not start off to say, uh, this is my resume. Mm. Uh, the following are the one. I think it's too structured. Be more creative in the way you present the resume. Yeah. I think that's important. Your resume actually should have a profile paragraph up the top, very mm. much like your LinkedIn. It basically summarizes who you are mm. as an individual in your career, very swiftly in five yeah. sentences, and it's something that attracts people. Maybe what we can do to help everyone is if you are interested in seeing a version of a mm. resume, I mean, like I said, this is our opinion. Yeah. I think it's valuable opinion, but it's still <laughs> our opinion. But if you would like a copy of our resumes, like feel free to reach out to us, and we will definitely send you a copy so you can read and understand. So not content. my resume, it's yours, Sarah. My, I don't my have resume. any resume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm more than happy to share it because it's one of those things like all of our friends and my family members. I've just given it away. I update it and I change it every year, but it's just a good structure to start from to say okay now I know what to include and exclude but definitely invest in your resume it is your career document the career document yeah I mean if you really want to find a job which satisfies your needs and your capabilities then I think resume is the core thing you need to invest some time yeah doing up the resume and we're going to start out my mom's LinkedIn profile yeah please Sarah help me (laughs) Alright, well, thank you everyone um, for joining us for this episode. 
Uh, and yeah, like I said, if anyone wants to have a copy of my resume, feel free to reach out. Uh, but other than that, we'll catch you on next week's episode. Yes. Yes, take care, everyone.